As the year comes to an end, America looks ahead to 2020, expecting a wild presidential election season where a truckload of Democrats seeking the nomination eventually yields to a winner, a sole survivor who will challenge President Donald Trump. For his part, the president has been talking about transportation funding and the need for more projects since he ran the last time. Some of his would-be opponents now are making a similar case. But it's often tough to shove this issue into debates that find greater ratings focused on intensely partisan hot-button issues. That's why the same coalition that hosts the annual Infrastructure Week agenda now plans to stage a presidential candidate forum on transportation issues in Las Vegas over President's Day weekend. Organizers want to get transportation off the back burner. Candidates have been asked to hold the date. This is Hard Facts, a podcast production of the Portland Cement Association. I'm Robert Johnson. For most Americans, transportation is a local concern. Congestion, construction, and closures can ruin even the best plans for the day. Likewise, when roads are modern, safe, and able to handle the crush of traffic, life is good. Brandy Hendrickson has viewed transportation, the impacts, and the politics that come with it from every angle. She's worked in Indiana, Washington, D.C., and now on behalf of all 50 states. Hendrickson joined us recently to talk about year-end stopgap funding measures, road safety concerns, and her predictions for next year. Let's start talking about you and your time in transportation. Our audience will be very happy to know that you're actually not from Washington, D.C., That's right. I had the amazing opportunity to move to Washington, D.C. in July of 2017 when I became the Federal Highway Deputy Administrator. And I served in that role from 2017 to 2019 when I came here to AASHTO. But before that, I had a long history working at the Indiana DOT. I kind of started at the front line and worked my way through the ranks and became the commissioner of the Indiana DOT under the Governor Mike Pence. So I have a lot of technical background. I ran actually the state's largest transportation district for the majority of my time in Indiana. And to this day, still my favorite job I ever had is running that district and having the chance to interact with maintenance and construction staff and really get those projects done and see all of the planning come to life. Those are the same people that our listeners work with. You're on the front lines. You're planning the projects, you're designing them, and you're building them. That's right. That's where the rubber meets the road and where you can really see the impact of the work that you're doing on local communities and really making a difference in people's lives. We know that the work that state DOTs do and the transportation community as a whole really does lead to improved quality of life and economic benefit for all Americans. You've sat in all the chairs. You've been at the state level, the federal level, and now you're working for the association representing the states in Washington. What about those experiences has informed your view of the way we fund and budget for infrastructure in this country? I feel like every job that I've had has been kind of a building block for the next job. And when you're working at the state level and you're working very closely with local communities, with engineers, with residents and, you know, fielding complaints and really working on projects, having to make quick decisions and having to know your business and know your audience and really having the chance to see the impact of your work 
was my experience there at the state level. But then bringing that knowledge and really helping the policymakers and the folks who craft transportation policy of the country, have them understand the impact of those decisions that they're making at the national level and really bringing that state DOT perspective to the federal government, I think was really an asset. And, you know, the federal state partnership is critical and is really an important piece of how we do transportation in this country. And so having someone who has state DOT experience and can bring that to that federal role, I think was really important. And then bringing the federal perspective along with my state experience to the association level to really be able to tie it all together and really advocate on behalf of the state DOTs has been a good experience also and one that I think our members really appreciate. Is it a good system? Are we doing it the right way? Is there something we could do better? Of course, there's always opportunities for improvement, but the structure and the way that funding is set up and the way that projects get delivered is a system that has been working for a really long time. And I think that while you can always look to ways to tweak around the edges and to improve project delivery or streamline processes. I think that generally speaking, the system as it is created through the formula programs and through the ways that projects get done is a pretty good system. We do know that the funding as it exists today is not sustainable. We know that we're spending more out of the highway trust fund than comes in. And so over the long term, Congress has to figure out a way to shore up the trust fund with a long-term sustainable source of revenue. So while, you know, the formula program and the system that we use for collecting the revenue and distributing back to the state through formula is one that is working reasonably well, we know that the long-term funding sustainability is just not there. And so we'll have to figure that out. We're, of course, in the holiday season, but we're also in the season of continuing resolutions. We had one a couple of weeks ago here in Washington, and it's possible we'll have another one before Christmas. Why do states care so much or why do they worry so much about CRs? Well, continuing resolutions for states really make them nervous, and it's a challenge for them to be able to plan. Transportation projects are in the pipeline for years, and so that's why having funding certainty And a long-term authorization is very critical for how states are able to deliver projects. It's not only important to states, it's also vastly important to industry because they staff and they purchase materials based on how states plan their projects. And so the long-term predictable, stable funding and authorization of transportation programs is really critical, not only for state DOTs and their planning process, but also for industry in how they conduct their business. This particular continuing resolution, it's short term, you know, it's from now until just before Christmas. And like you said, we anticipate that we would see another possible continuing resolution. Because most DOTs federal funding is through the Highway Trust Fund, it's not so impactful, these little short-term continuing resolutions. What we are concerned about and what we do look to 
is to the expiration of the FAST Act, which is slated to expire in 2020. And so it's the authorizing legislation that is really critical for state DOTs in being able to plan their programs and their list of projects. And so we, as an association representing all state DOTs, will be working very hard over the next year with Congress to make sure that there is no lapse in the authorization because it's typically short-term extensions that really cause the most heartburn for state DOTs. I will say that in this continuing resolution that just passed, we were very excited that something that we had been working on for a really long time, which was the $7.6 billion of the Highway Contract Authority was repealed in this continuing resolution. And that was a part of the FAST Act that basically said that at the end of 2020, $7.6 billion of highway contract authority would be rescinded. And that was something that all state DOTs and about 42 different partner organizations felt very passionate about because it would possibly require a deobligation of existing projects or could be very disruptive to state programs, in addition to setting a lower baseline possibly for future authorization. So that repeal of that $7.6 billion rescission of contract authority made it into this particular continuing resolution, which is something that we had been working on along with state DOTs as well as other partner organizations for the last year. So that's in place now. That doesn't have to be renewed again at the end of December. That's right. That made it into the law as a part of this continuing resolution, which was a big win for the transportation community. In the way of more work, more ability to spend money on more projects, how does someone who relies on infrastructure for a living, how do they benefit from that decision? It provides, of course, certainty in the funding. It also allows states flexibility to plan and execute the projects that they need in their state. And so with the numbers as of September 30th of this year, there was only $5.35 billion available to rescind. And so because the law requires a $7.6 billion rescission, we were looking at having to take $2 billion plus from federal aid highway contract authority held by the states during fiscal year 2020. So that could have had a real impact on projects. And it's possible that projects may have had to be taken off the shelf or moved to future years. So that would certainly have been a big impact to the state and as a result, the industry as well. As we look at the possibility of another continuing resolution, or at least Congress having to decide again what to do here in a week or two, a couple of weeks, whatever it turns out to be, what are you telling the states in the meantime? What should they expect? You know, we continue to, you know, keep our ear to the ground and keep our eyes open and keep providing information to our members. We fully anticipate that there will be another continuing resolution. We don't anticipate anything long term before the Christmas holiday. So states, you know, because they're funded through the trust fund, because that's how most of their federal aid funds come to them, we don't anticipate a huge impact to the highway program. But, you know, I think that everybody you know, transportation community aside, everybody really would like to see something more long-term. 
and really does get frustrated by continuing resolutions. Of course, the history and the conventional wisdom would have us be more realistic about that, right? I mean, we've got a presidential campaign getting underway. That'll be in full gear next year. The chance of getting anyone to focus on this, what would you say, less than (laughs) 50-50? Well, of course, I am not going to place any bets, but I remain optimistic. I mean, this is certainly a topic that has robust bipartisan support. Transportation is an issue that, you know, most people can agree on. We know that being a presidential election year and trying to get something big like this done is a tall task, but it's certainly one that AASHTO and its members really have to fully embrace. We, as states, depend on the stability that's provided by multi-year transportation programs. As I mentioned, that federal-state partnership really has long been the foundation of our nation's approach to getting transportation done in this country. But it's also critical to meet the long-term aspect of it really is critical for helping states execute their capital investment programs. And like I said, those take multiple years to plan and construct. But we are optimistic because, you know, Congress has been working on this for a little while. There are bills that are out there already being proposed, and the president has long said that it's a priority of his. But we do remain optimistic because it's really so important. There's another issue that comes around every holiday season, and that is safety on the roads. 36,000 people died on our roads and highways last year. That number has not really changed much, and over time it has never dropped below 32,000, not in recent time anyway. What is going on? Well, you know, last year, in 2018, there were over 36,000 people killed in motor vehicle crashes on U.S. roadways. And while that was, in fact, a 2.4% decrease from the prior year, it's, you know, minimal. Any life lost on America's roadway is, you know, of course, one too many. What's devastating is that 29% of all fatalities in 2018 involved alcohol-impaired drivers, And almost half of vehicle occupants killed were not wearing their seatbelts. So those two areas alone, we just have the opportunity to continue to preach how important it is to address those things. We are working very closely as an organization with the Road to Zero Coalition. That includes AASHTO and other transportation safety organizations. And we all advocate for doubling down on proven safety strategies that we know work. We know that, you know, eliminating alcohol and folks wearing their seatbelts will improve the numbers drastically. We also know that increased funding for safe driving programs and advocating for primary seatbelt laws are very important to the cause. We also know that public policy and roadway design standards have to evolve to account for new transportation options and interests. While overall fatalities went slightly down, pedestrians and bicyclist fatalities went up. And in fact, numbers of fatalities for pedestrians and bicyclists in 2018 were at their highest level since 1990. And so, you know, that's an area where our members are intently focused and where we know that USDOT and local communities as well 
are looking at, you know, different safety countermeasures and using data to help in these efforts. But it's certainly numbers that are not acceptable by any stretch. And we hold out hope that the future of connected and automated vehicles will have a huge impact to these numbers. And states are doing what they can to prepare for those innovations and those new technologies that are on the horizon. And, you know, they're really working on what the system needs to look like in 10, 15, or 20 years to accommodate these new technologies. In the end, it really could end up becoming an infrastructure and technology solution, not a human one. That's right. And there's no one-size-fits-all solution either. It'll take a lot of different strategies to get to that goal of zero. But we also continue to work on the engineering side, on the education side, certainly on the enforcement side as well, and making sure that emergency response is also a big part of the equation. Given all of this, what can people in our audience, those in the cement and concrete industry, do to help you with these objectives? I think some of the things that we're seeing in different states, and I know Indiana is one of those, that the design community is working in partnership with the DOT, along with contractors as well, to look at different strategies for improving safety in work zones. It's not always the highway worker that is killed in a work zone. Sometimes it is, you know, a back of queue type of incident or folks that are distracted by cell phones or other distractions in their vehicle that cause these crashes. And so I think increasing communication and working collaboratively on this is one way that industry can be engaged and making sure that their voice is heard in the discussions around work zone safety and that their priorities are known to the state DOT and to the design community as well when it comes to how projects get executed and get designed, I think is critical. Finally, we're in the last few days of 2019. We're moving into 2020. What do the states hope for and look forward to in the new year? Certainly in 2020, it'll be an all-hands-on-deck effort to reauthorize a surface transportation program. We will be working very closely with Congress. We know that our nation depends on a strong federal program that is supported by a solvent, robust highway trust fund. And so working hand-in-hand with states to make sure that we know what their policy priorities are. We've just gone through a comprehensive process to make sure that we have a solid vision that all of the state's DOTs can embrace as we move forward into reauthorization and that our core policy principles for reauthorization have been locked in by our board of directors and looking to the end of the FAST Act and making sure that a surface transportation program is reauthorized is first and foremost on our priority list this year. We also, you know, continue to advocate for safety. And our president this year, Patrick McKenna from Missouri, has made safety as a national public health crisis one of his key emphasis areas. And so we'll be working very closely with him to lead a national conversation about the public's role in safe conduct on the nation's transportation network and continue our role in the Toward Zero Death and Vision Zero National Coalitions when it comes to transportation safety. So those things will be where we spend the majority of our 
time this year and look forward to, you know, what surface transportation reauthorization looks like come the end of September. Those are some goals we can get behind. Thank you. It's such an exciting time, really, to be in the world of transportation. So many things are changing, really looking at new technologies and the way that states are executing the program. You know, it's not really about physical infrastructure anymore. There is an increased focus on the digital world. And as the culture changes to a more digital society, state DOTs are right along with them. We're really increasing the time that we invest and the resources that we invest in mobility and really looking instead of the physical attributes of transportation infrastructure, we're looking at mobility through improved performance of the existing system and really maintaining the existing system as opposed to building new lanes. And so we anticipate that increased mobility through operations will be something that will certainly continue in the new year and in the programs in the future as well. Well, Brandy Hendrickson, Deputy Director at Ashto, thanks for taking some time to talk transportation with us here in December and happy holidays. Happy holidays to you too. Thank you for the invite. Links to the Ashto Policy Agenda, the latest on the pending candidate forum on transportation, and the candidates' positions on infrastructure issues are in this week's show notes. That does it for this edition of Hard Facts. If you like the show, please leave a rating and a review, or share it with people at work or in your industry. Your recommendations help grow the audience and make it easier for others to find us online. Next week, we wrap up the first season of the Hard Facts podcast with a year in review and a look ahead. Listen Wednesday, December 11th, online at cement.org or on your mobile device wherever you get your podcast. For the Portland Cement Association, I'm Robert Johnson. I'll see you then.